Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of the Hear Me Tell It, the life and times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse, but whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Hello folks, and welcome to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It, uh, your favorite, <laughs> boy I'm humbled aren't I, by old JD, aka Jerry Daniels. I have been asked by more than one viewer, member of the audience, to, hey, Jerry, share the story about, uh, or not the story, but tell us tell us about, you know, how you come about enlisting in the U.S. Navy and, and you know, and et cetera. So I thought, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. So that's what I'm going to do today. This is how old J.D. ended up finding himself serving in Uncle Sam's Navy. Well, first of all, let me go back and to uh, my very, very early childhood days. I'm just one of those kids. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if it's a character trait. I don't know. But military and 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 men that wore uniform, they intrigued me, to say the least. So I was always fascinated and, and interested in it. And I played Army all the time when I was little. And um, watched all the, 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 you know, military movies and shows and Rat Patrol and you know, McHale's Navy and and uh, what was the other one? Um, ones where the folks was in the prison camp. Um, it'll come to me in a minute, but anyway. Uh, crap, I can't believe I can't remember that daggum thing. Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes and 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 anyway, any anything dealing with the military, it had my interest. And I used, when I was little, I used to love it when we'd go over to the Macon or the Columbus Fair in the early, early 70s, and, and the National Guard would have stuff set up. And, of course, there was no Navy stuff there, but, man, if there was a tank, I was on it, and I wanted to get in it, and I've always been fascinated with it. So, all right, so that's 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 just me, and and I guess that had something. I'm going to say, I predict, I guess that had something to do with the reason I joined the military. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. But anyway, and y'all probably know, those who've listened to some of the stories that uh, – I, I, my daddy and I, and I love my daddy. I loved my daddy. I'm going to say it 50 times. I love my daddy, but you know, it was, it, it was tough working for him and he was a hard man, but I'm going to tell you right now, Bob Daniels taught me a lot. And the thing about values is values cannot be taught, but they can be cult. And daddy exhibited a lot of values that were very work ethic centric. I was just thinking uh, this week, you know, daddy was an independent grocery man, but uh, daddy, daddy, daddy worked his butt off and, and we rarely took vacations and, and he wasn't flamboyant or anything like that. And, but he worked his butt off. It was, it was six days a week and it was, it was every week and it was every month and it was every year for, for whatever time until he decided to retire and give it up. And I think daddy retired early because honestly, I think he, he was damn tired. I don't blame him. I'd be tired too. But anyway, so um, so there was there was a day at Taylor County High School, and I was a junior. So I was a junior, wasn't a senior. I was a junior, and I had one of those uh, 
I don't know what they call them, but I had one of those classes where you didn't take no class. So they found me a job and I was a, not a teacher's aide, but I worked in the office at the Taylor County High School as a junior. And and for those who may not have may not know it or whatever, Taylor County High School in Georgia was the or the Taylor County school system was the school system that when the integration took place, they separate they separated the boys' school from the girls' school. That's another story within itself. But me me going to school with girls uh, was in the first and the second grade, which I don't have a whole lot of memory of, and that was in Dagum McCray, Georgia. And then uh, moved to Butler, Georgia, and then when I started the third grade, it was just a Taylor County Boys School. And then I'll never forget, I'll never forget the first day of school in the 11th grade, and we were sitting in classroom with girls. Oh my gosh, my life changed dramatically. It was, it was awesome. I'll just say that. Anyway, and I was back then, I was dating Jody Pennington, and, and I was actually could see her other than uh, after school hours or when the when the school bus would ride by the girls' school, I would thump out one of them love letters that was folded like a paper football. And, <laughs> and she'd be out there on the sidewalk. Ping! I'd thump that daggum thing out there hoping that she'd get it. Anyway, so, um, man, talking about squirrel. But anyway, so I was a junior in high school, and I was had the office assistant job working for the great, great Miss Betty Sue Kennett. And uh, man, she was she was awesome. But I was working in there, and it was on a day. Sandy Harris was the uh, the uh, what do you call him, the school counselor. But that was a day. There was a day, and I think it was in October of '79. Uh, and the all the all the recruiters came to the high school. And I didn't know what it was, but they all came to the high school to give what I know now is, was to be the ASFAB, the ASFAB test. And I remember, the, you know, Mr. Harris talking to Miss Kennan, talking about we got to get all the seniors in the cafeteria to take the ASFAB test because the military's here. And, you know, I, I kind of inquired. was like, not to, not to, not to Mr. Harris or Miss Kennan, but I was like, well, what is this about? And uh and, and they said, well, this is all the, they, they do it every year. And it, it sees whether or not you can, you can enlist in the military. And if so, then, you know, what kind of job you can get, what you qualified for. Well, without anybody's permission, I just snuck on in. And I remember, uh, I remember, uh, oh man, not Hortman, uh, Wayne Locke. I think it was Wayne Locke uh, actually said something to me when I sat down, but I was like, shh, don't say nothing. Anyway, I took the test as a junior, and I just filled out all the paperwork, and I did it. And then a couple of months later, the uh, the military comes back to meet with the school counselor to show Mr. Harris what the results were. And then Mr. Harris called me in the office, and he got this look on his face when holding these papers. He said, and I'm quoting, but I'm, and I'm not quoting, but I'll just to hear me tell it. He was like, what the heck are you doing taking this test? You're only a junior. I said, well, I just snuck in and took it, Mr. Harris. He was good with that, I guess. But anyway, and there was a recruiter in there. And uh, the recruiter basically kind of interrupted Mr. Harris and was like, well, if you if you want to quit high school, you can enlist now. <laughs> Sandy Harris was like, hell no, you ain't quitting high school. Although what I would have liked to, but he said, no, you ain't quitting high school. So uh, needless to say, he didn't mandate it, but Mr. Harris did, did what he needed to do. He did the right thing. He made sure that I wasn't able to talk to them recruiters, and I wasn't going to drop out of high school. So Mr. Harris did a good thing. 
But the recruiter did let me know that he said, hey, you can retake this in the summertime six months later. So I did. And it was the Navy recruiter, Senior Chief Skeeter Poole. That's all I know. I think he was a personnel man. But uh, Senior Chief Poole from the Columbus office over there, the recruiting station in Columbus, Georgia, he he uh, he contacted me and he came to the dadgum Butler Red White to see me about, you know, taking this test again. And I did. I went over to Columbus and I took it the second time and I scored better. We're only talking about the ASVAB, so it ain't rocket science. But anyway, I, t- I took it again and I scored better. I don't know how. I don't I don't even know it, but I anyway, I did better. So he comes back to the grocery store and he brings this portable case that you can open up and flip open a screen and stick a, you know, big old a tape in there and he was showing me a tape about naval aviation and I told him I said well I looked at that paper you give me and I said I want to be a gunner's mate he said no you don't <laughs> I said yeah I do it's got something to do with guns he said no you don't he said you don't want anything to do with that he goes I think you'd be a great uh AW I didn't know what an AW was and anyway but I I couldn't pass the hearing test uh, when I went up and, and for the delayed entry uh, program, I couldn't pass the hearing test uh, to fly. And, and and this is another, you know, cool story in itself, but because I later I became a combat air crewman and flew for the Navy, flew with the Navy. But anyway, so here, here's what it is. Skeeter Poole said, well, you know, you're only, you're only, you haven't even started your senior year, so you can take it again when we come back to the high school. So sure enough, I'm a senior. And then I took it with my class again in October, of, oh, that's right. October of 79. That's when it was. I took it the first time, October of 78. So I took it the, the third time I took it, October of 79, and I even did better. So, and bottom line was, Mr. Poole, Mr. Skeeter Poole, Senior Chief Skeeter Poole knew what I wanted to do, but he said, no. Uh, he said, you really, you really want to get into naval aviation. I said, okay. All right. So I, I enlisted under the delayed entry program and went into uh, guaranteed A school to aviation ordinance. That's what that's what my rate was. But anyway, so somewhere in all of this stuff, me and Mike Thiss and Terry Gordon was going to go in the buddy program. So that's a program. So if <laughs> it's, it, it, I guess it works because I've been meet a lot of people that, that signed up or enlisted under the buddy program. So it gives you that comfort. You ain't going by yourself. You're going with your buddies. So me and Mike Thiss and Terry Gordon uh, go to APHIS in Atlanta to enlist in the delayed entry program. And all I can tell you, this was back when Ronnie Reagan was, was uh, well, I don't know if Reagan had been elected yet, but anyway, they was building the Navy. Let's just say that. And uh, it was a lot of folks up there, man. And, you know, the, the D for Daniels, the G for Gordon, and the, and the T for this, we got separated to say the least because of so many damn people up there going through this process at the MEP station. And I lost them. I mean, the day was busy. I mean, it was like one room to another room to another room, and then you're being poked and prodded and questioned. And, you know, some doctor was really interested in the fact that my left index finger was cut off. And, you know, he was like, well, this, this could be a disqualifying factor. I said, you, you can't be serious. So anyway, he, he, I ain't kidding you. This, this doc laid some coins on the table. And he said, pick them coins up with that finger, boy. And I picked up all them coins with that finger in my nub. He said, no, you're fine. So, and it, and, it, and it was my left hand, not my right hand. I'm right hand dominant. But anyway, the point being is I, I lost contact with Terry Gordon and Mike this and and I lost them. And then next thing I knew about, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. So the next thing I knew um, somewhere in the in the latter part of the day is 
I'm in a room with a bunch of people and there's some, I didn't know what it was. It was an officer, but I didn't know what an officer was back then, but it was some officer standing in front of the room and they, they uh, administered the oath for us to enlist. And the room was packed full of people. You sit in them little, you know, chairs look like school desks and you didn't sign about 15,000 papers. I just kept signing my name, signing my name, signing my name. And I kept looking around the room going, where's Terry? Where's Mike? Where's Terry? Where's Mike? I didn't see them, but I thought they got to be in here. Or, or maybe they're doing this by groups or whatever. And I went ahead and I raised my hand and I enlisted under the delayed entry program. And that was good advice from Century Skeeter Pool because it paid off huge dividends with regards to my time and grade and time and rate and all that stuff. And uh, I come out of that room, had goosebumps. Boy, I thought, man, I am in the U.S. Navy. And I was so excited. And I come out of the room and somewhere out there in that big area, there's, there's Mike this and Terry Gordon and I said, hey, man, uh, uh, was that cool or what? And they said, we changed our mind. <laughs> I said, you didn't? And they said, yeah, we did. But you know what? I, it, anyway, it, it is what it is, and it was what it was. And and I went back home, and, and I was enlisted in the delayed entry program. And then when it come time my time, it come time for me to report, uh, I I did what I said I was going to do. And and I, I left home, and... And I, and I did, I, you know, got on the bus there in Butler, Georgia. And I'll never forget the day on August the 26th is when I left Butler, Georgia. And I, and my enlistment started on August the 27th, 1980. And I got on that, uh, that trailways bus there at, at the bus station in Butler, Georgia. And there wasn't that many folks there, but I do remember mom and daddy being there. I don't even recall. I, I know my sister wasn't there. My little brother was obviously there. And, uh, and, and this is really cool. Billy Edwards was there. And she took a picture of me getting on the bus, and I got a picture of that. And I'm very grateful to her. I, uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I think, don't quote me on this, but so this is to hear me tell it, so I'll just say it. I believe Walter uh, Wilson was there. And it, and that picture, that picture of me getting on the bus, would, and the bus driver was handing me the ticket. Billy Edwards was so cool, and I, and I learned a lot from her about photography. But Miss Billy had me stand in the bus, by getting in the bus at the same time, you know, the bus driver was handing me the ticket. It was all staged. And I'm holding a a light brown tan leather suitcase. And it was a Samsonite that Walter Wilson, Mr. and Mrs. Wilson, gave me a suitcase. And that was the first suitcase I'd ever owned. And I and I I left Butler, Georgia with a pair of blue jeans, uh, two pair of drawers, two pair of socks, and two shirts. And that and and uh and some and some, you know, a little ditty bag or whatever, you want to call it shaving kit or whatever. And mama had given me a letter at the bus station and mama said mama was crying and and daddy was real quiet but mama handed me the letter and she said don't open this until you get well out of town that's what she said well out of town and i was I, I, i'll be honest I, there was a lot of emotions there was a lot of emotions i was scared i was proud um i was i was inside there was a part of me screaming don't do this you're an idiot what are you doing you're leaving the comfort of your mama and daddy you're leaving your friends and you're, you're enlisting in the Navy and you're leaving. And, and I did it. And I did it. Oh, and let me, let me share this with you too. I remember, I remember when, when I had, you know, did the enlisted, uh, the delayed entry thing. I remember coming back to the high school and I was excited and this, and this, this didn't turn out to be a bad thing. It was actually a good thing, but I remember walking up to, to, to Mr. Clarence Mathis and Mr. Mathis was a, you know, he's, he's a veteran. He's a Vietnam vet. Uh, but I walked up to Mr. Mathis and I told him, I said, Mr. Mathis, I enlisted in the Navy. And he looked at me 
And this is what Mr. Mathis said. He chuckled a little bit, and then he said, you'll come home crying to your mama within weeks. That's what Clarence Mathis told Jerry Daniels. And that at that time, it, it hurt me. But I look back now in retrospect, and that was a good thing. It was a good thing because there were some times in boot camp when I thought, oh, man, I, I, I you know, and, and you know when you're when you're in when you're in basic training those first couple of weeks, uh, everybody is is hating their decision. Ninety percent of the people are hating their decision, and there's 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 secret talk at night. You know, you whispering to your buddy about how you can you, know, you can go AWOL. I, I believe me, there's a lot of folks talking about it. You know, we can climb this fence. I can disappear. I won't come back. All blah 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 and all that crap. But anyway, it paid dividends. So I, I was on the, you know, fast, I jumped backward, but now here I am back at the bus station, getting on the bus. Mama gives me that letter, says, don't open it till you're well out of town. Daddy pulls me over to the side and he said, son, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. He said, don't volunteer for anything. Actually, that was the last thing he said. First thing he said was, he said, uh, don't gamble. He said, don't gamble. Don't take another man's bet. You'll lose. I said, okay, okay, daddy. And then he said, actually, and the second thing he said was, the second thing he said was, is he goes, son, don't volunteer for anything. He goes, uh, you know, daddy was an army vet. He goes, I'm just telling you, listen to what I'm telling you. He said, don't volunteer for anything if they ask you to volunteer. And that was bad advice. That was real bad advice. I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever tell anybody that was, that was going to enter the service. Uh, you volunteer for whatever the hell you want to. <laughs> It's your business, so uh, it may be good, it may be bad, but it doesn't matter. If you volunteer and it's bad, it's your business. If you volunteer and it's good, it's still your business. Here's what the third thing that Bob Daniels told me before I got on that Trailways bus. Uh, tra- tra- yeah, it was Trailway, it wasn't a Greyhound. I get on that Trailway bus. Sometimes I mess up and I say Greyhound because that was just popular. But I got on that bus. The third thing that Bob Daniels told me when he pulled me over to the side was, he meant it. Believe me, he meant it. He said, you get a tattoo or an earring, don't come home. I'm going to say that again. Bob Daniels told me, you get a tattoo or an earring, don't come home. He meant it. He meant it. And I took that to heart. That was good advice. That was good advice. Anyway, I got on the bus, left. We said our goodbyes. We got it around Thomas and George Open, letter, read it. I cried like a baby back there in the back seat, hoping nobody's going to see me. And uh, and I went on about my business. And then the next day, I went through the final MIPS. I enlisted in the United States Navy, and they flew my happy butt to Orlando, Florida. And then I started my Navy career. So that's how it all got started. I'm going I'm to save the other part. I'll just pick it up from me arriving at the airport in Orlando, Florida, and and then, you know, going on to boot camp and whatnot. So that's, that's basically, in a nutshell, how I got into uh, our great Navy. It was absolutely... Without question, it was absolutely the greatest and the best thing I did for me. And uh, you know what? I ain't going to pat me on the back. I'm just going to thank our Lord and Savior and uh, say thank you, God, because you gave me the courage. And at that point, I didn't know what it was, but uh, and nobody else would have said it was wisdom. But God gave me the courage and the wisdom to, to leave the comfort of Butler, Georgia, and to go on about my business and do my thing and serve our country. And it, it was an honor and a privilege. I met a great man yesterday and we were talking and, and a lot of folks say thank you and I know they mean it, but I take it with a, a huge sense of humility. And when people say thank you for your service, I do say you're welcome. I say, but let, make, make sure you understand it. It was an honor and it was a privilege 
to serve in the U.S. military. And I mean that sincerely. Well, that's it. Hey, I'm going to ask everybody, please share my podcast uh, with folks. Uh, my dadgum audience is dropping down. It's getting pretty, pretty, getting pretty lean. Uh, so I, I do. I ask you to, to you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's Spotify, whether it's podcast, or whether you just go to Buzzsprout, but don't, don't just go to Buzzsprout, but either podcast or Spotify. I ask that you like it, you share it, you follow it, do whatever it takes. And then, and then listen to them to their entirety because that helps my ratings and whatnot. But I enjoy doing these. I, I give the credit to my wife. She's the one that encouraged me to do it. But I ask you to also uh, share it. Please share these with as many people as you possibly can. Share them from the East Coast to the West Coast to around the globe. I don't care. Share it because uh, hopefully somebody else will enjoy it because I, I just get, hell, I love doing this. So, All right, that's it. I'm going to quote my great friend. Great American, Mike Coker, retired U.S. Navy warrant officer from Elgin, South Carolina. And as, as he would always say as we departed, bicycle. <laughs> <laughs>